Hello, America. This is Hour 2 of the Sean Hannity Show. I am Jeffrey Lord of the Word of the Lord podcast and thejeffreylord.com. Uh, we would like you to certainly remember to call in uh, so that we can you can join the discussion. And our number here is 800-941-SEAN. That's 800-941-7326. Okay, we are about to be joined by the great James O'Keefe. He is, of course, the founder of uh, all of that great journalism that comes out of Project Veritas. As a matter of fact, it's so great journal, such great journalism, that I can tell you uh, not too long ago, a handful of weeks ago, um, James was awarded the Barbara Olson Award for Excellence and Independence in Journalism by the American Spectator. How about that? And it is a well-deserved reward. And so, James, you are here to talk about some of the things you've been talking about. And the very first thing, I was going to talk to you, and hopefully we will get to talk about the New York Times victory and uh, the uh, actions of the FBI. But first, you have uh, a very incredible story on CNN uh, that we'd like to uh, start with. And as a matter of fact, we happen to have a soundbite. Uh, of that, so I'll play that. We'll play that first, and then be right to you. Uh, uh, tell us your story. What made you come to Project Veritas? This was a hard decision to make. I had to, you know, say something about this this girl. I was also a victim when I was 13 years old of sexual assault, and hearing the words that I said just, you know, maybe made me want to reach out and and help this girl. What are we looking at here? Um. Uh, he sent me a photo of uh, his daughter. It was not pornographic, um, and I, I reply, it, you know, it's it's your girl's kid, like your girlfriend's kid. Um, she asked me, do do you think of her when you're in the shower a little bit? Tell the truth. Um, I said no. You honestly, you just turn me on so much. Like not a kid, you know. And then he's talking about her here, saying, uh, uh you know. What are you going? What are you going to think about with her? It's killing me in so many ways. And that's when he sent the picture. And that's a blur. We blurred that image. But what is the image? Of? It's a, it's a child on a boat. Um, just you know, holding on to the railing of the boat, um, with the ocean. And that's his fiance's child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um, he's talking about his. Uh, Fiance's stepdaughter, his stepdaughter, underage daughter. She was wearing really closely cut bottoms at the pool. Um, You asked for pictures. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, so I asked him for pictures because this is when it started to get, you know, way more deep. Saying, like, you know, things on the bottom screen, like, way more deep. And I said to myself, I need to get evidence as much as I can. I see. To help this case so at this point it seems like you're eliciting him that's exactly what i'm doing so i'm saying tell me because i want him to just you know dig that hole deeper 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 um and that's exactly what happened he got excited off this it seems like he wants you to be turned on by his Mm -hmm. repulsive perverse sexual attraction to this 13 14 year old girl usually every time we text it's always about him wanting to see me and his stepdaughter together. Um, but I do um, have a 
recording of him on the phone and the whole time he's talking about what he wants to do to the daughter. James, I have to tell you, when I heard that, it just blew me away. Uh, talk to us a little bit about this. I mean, this is uh, your investigative journalism uh, times a thousand. Explain a little bit of, to us. Well, thank you for having me on again. And this is a, a whistleblower who came to us. She was a former sex worker, uh, and she's known this man uh, whose name is Rick Salibi. He's a producer for the Jake Tapper show on CNN. Oh and, uh, and, and the fiance of Rick Salibi has a daughter who's 14 years old. And this man, Rick Salibi, was fantasizing sexually about this young woman, um, asking for, you know, showing pictures of her, asking for pictures of her with this sex worker, and also asking the former sex worker, whose voice you just heard, for, for pictures of her 15-year-old daughter. None of these things that, that we witnessed, and, and there were texts and photos and, and video, which is too graphic for the radio here, but none of these things were criminal, um, even though they were horrible and, and repulsive. But um, in any event, we published a story about it. The fiancé gave us the, the permission to publish Rick Salibi's name. And, and what's extraordinary about this story is that this guy is caught on tape doing all these things. The Fairfax County, Virginia Police have now gotten involved. Um, the Fairfax County Police have launched an investigation, I'm reading from the comment they've given me, quote, into serious allegations involving potential juvenile victims. Detectives assigned to the Child Exploitation Squad, the Major Crimes Bureau, are leading the investigation. So while nothing that we saw was criminal, apparently there's other evidence on the devices seized from this fiancé's home, and all of this has happened, and we don't even know if this man has been fired from CNN. <laughs> Not a single American journalist thinks this is newsworthy. If it was certainly it was happening at my organization, it'd be the number one trending story in the right. world. Right. So that, that's probably the bigger story, is that the, the media in this country are protecting this man by virtue of the fact he works for Jake Tapper. You know, I mean, this is just such an unbelievable story. I have to, I have to say, as somebody who's at CNN, I can't believe Jake Tapper is happy with this story. Uh, but it would seem to me that CNN needs to know that this story is out there, and they need to respond quickly in some they, sort of I don't think fashion. they do. I think that they, we've reached such we've descended to new lows, even in this country, even this year that. I think that they're perfectly content not responding to the story. And in fact, and frankly, what we've seen on Twitter, which I think is a good barometer yeah. of the psych psychosis of uh, the adversaries to truth, is that all the comments to this video, which got 1.3 million views on Twitter, all the comments were attacking Project Veritas. <laughs> Again, the substance of the video is a man who is, at, at the very least, fantasizing about an underage girl, at the very most, there's police involved now who raided the home, taken the drives of this uh, this man, and found and we uh, we have it on good information. The information on those drives may very well be criminal. It's much worse than what we've seen. But every comment on Twitter was against Project Veritas and hating on me, and that's really the uh. real story here. Is that there is nothing that can forge a consensus in this country anymore. Child porn, child exploitation, fantasizing about underage girls. No, no, that's, that's less worse than Project Veritas exposing it. 
according to these people. Really, really sad. Well, I don't know if you heard my opening monologue, but I said that the, the, the old notion, journalistic notion of just the facts, ma'am, has been replaced by just the liberal narrative, ma'am. And one of the ways that, that the liberal media goes about their business is what I call the, uh, the process of journalism by omission, that if they don't like the news, they're not going to report it, period. Uh, the whole Hunter Biden episode there with the New York Post, uh, you know, the b- big media, big tech, that was an unfavorable story to them. So they just uh, worked to make sure that it never saw the light of day. And uh, it would seem to me, I mean, this story ought to be everywhere, absolutely everywhere, and get to to the bottom of it. producer who who is is now, I mean, the police are involved. I'm giving you new information from Fairfax County Police. Um, Anthony Guglielmi from Fairfax County emailed me today, or yesterday rather, and said that there is a detective assigned to the Child Exploitation Squad, Rick Salibi, um, fantasizing about underage girls on tape. There's text messages, too graphic for the radio here, um, but pictures exchanged with the with a prostitute, former prostitute, who came to Project Veritas. And you know what this woman actually, who you just played excerpts from the interview, very, very brave thing for her to do to come forward like this. Yeah. Um, and you know what, you know, like all the other whistleblowers, she kind of, communicated to me that there really was nowhere else for her to go. Um, initially, the fiancé of Rick Salibi, is a wonderful person, um, initially expressed um, displeasure with us working on this, but after the fiancé saw the evidence, thanked Project Veritas. So I have to ask, and maybe this is something your audience could do out there, the millions of people listening Ask Jake Tapper, what is the employment status of Rick Salibi? Does he still work for CNN? Has he not been fired from CNN? They have to say something about this. It's important for us to hold them accountable because nobody else will. Well, you know, I I do recall the the matter of what what do they call it, the uh, hashtag MeToo movement. And uh, all of these uh, issues that arose with the very powerful producer Harvey Weinstein, and uh, then cascading others. Uh, CNN itself just had a recent incident here where somebody uh, finally was fired for behavior, just despicable behavior. Uh, they, they have to act, and but this is a media story for sure. And if we're going to go down the road of this kind of thing is just not news, uh, unless... It's what somebody who works at Fox or Newsmax or the, right. you know, the Washington Times or whatever. I mean, this this just shows the cynicism with which uh, a lot of these people in the media operate, and that's just not healthy. Well, it's also their 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 hatred of Project Veritas and me. They don't want to give right. win journalistically. Their their hatred of me exceeds their kind of fidelity to newsworthy information because if they 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 probably have or will. Fire this man, Rick Shalubi. But by saying that he has been fired, it would it would generate a tsunami of media, rightfully so. Yeah. In the same way that Griffin, the guy in Connecticut, was arrested, and they don't want to give me that win, if you will. It's not right. about that, of course, about protecting an underage girl. But <laughs> they don't. They, their hatred of me and obviously what I do, um, and you see it with the as you as you characterize it, journalism by omission. And a great example of that would be. Um, how they all covered Fox News's loss on motion to dismiss to Dominion 
when they got sued for defamation. I also won against the New York Times. On most yeah, cases. talk about that a little bit, uh, because I, I think that is uh, very much worth talking about. Well, we, we won on motion to dismiss in a defamation lawsuit against the New York Times, which is very unusual for, for a victory like that. That me- meant that the judge in New York, Westchester County, the Supreme Court, State of New York, um, ruled in our favor and said that the New York Times acted, quote, with disinformation and, quote, deception against Project Veritas by calling us and our journalism deceptive in a news article dated back to September 2020. In that article, they characterized a video that we did showing a man harvesting ballots. It was his words, not mine. And they said it was deceptive and I was making claims without evidence which is the exact opposite of what I was doing. I was showing a man in his own words talking about all the fraud he was committing. Right. So I decided to sue the New York Times, because what else am I supposed to do? They get away with everything. No one holds them accountable. They cry First Amendment when they lie about everyone. Defamation is not a protected First Amendment right in this country. Neither is printing your attorney-client privileged memos when you're currently embroiled in a lawsuit with that person. <laughs> so the New York Times has printed so many hate pieces uh, uh, pieces targeted at me, which they're entitled to do. But but last month they published my attorney-client privilege document while they were in this lawsuit against me. While I was winning the lawsuit against them, getting past motion to dismiss, and the judge said, no, you can't publish James O'Keefe's attorney memos, the attorney that represents him in this case, you just can't do that. That's not a First Amendment issue. That's a that's a, a sanctioned lit, lit James, legal issue. Yeah, I, I, I hate to to stop you here, but we've got to uh, disappear for a minute, and hopefully we'll be back uh, after this break. He's not a great golfer. He's a mediocre tennis player. But he's pretty good on the radio. Sean Hannity is on right now. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I am Jeffrey Lord of the Word of the Lord dot the Word of the Lord podcast and JeffreyLord.com. We are talking to our friend James O'Keefe, the winner of the Barbara Olson Award for Excellence in Independence Journalism. And James, I think I've heard that you have a book. Tell us about it. Well, um, this is a book called American Muckraker. American Muckraker is the book. It's out a month from now, but it's on pre-order on Amazon. And uh, this book is really all of my wisdom and, and collective experiences as a muckraking investigative reporter. It touches on themes such as suffering, privacy, ethics, undercover techniques, um, and a lot of these different privacy issues that we deal with undercover journalism. Um, but really what it means to be a whistleblower and what it means to be a truth teller in, in times when you're labeled as a liar for telling the truth and how you endure that. So this book touches upon a lot of research I've done um, in a lot of, lot of different areas in the law, um, ethics, uh, privacy. So we are releasing it a month from now, and I'm very proud of it. American Muckraker is the name of it. And, um, 
I want to encourage you to pick it up. Okay, okay, I will do that. Well, James, we got just a handful of seconds left here, and we're going to hold you over, and we'll talk uh, a little bit about the FBI and where that stands with you. So uh, we'll be back in a minute. This is Jeffrey Lord of the Word of the Lord podcast and thejeffreylord.com, filling in for Sean Hannity. Uh, We will be right back. As a rock, honest, truthful. This is the Sean Hannity Show. Hello, America. This is Jeffrey Lord substituting for Sean Hannity, and I hope you will call in to Sean's show at 800 941 Sean. That's 800 941 7326. And we still have on the line with us our friend James O'Keefe of Project Veritas. So, James, uh, I understand that uh, the FBI came knocking at your door at some ungodly hour of the day. Could you, uh, could you, you know, tell us exactly what happened? Yeah, this is a, um, I mean, I went on Sean Hannity's show and talked about this on, on, uh, on TV, but I'll, I'll restate it. Yes, please do. Um, this was a, you know, 6 a.m. Um, pre-dawn raid. Was They were executing a search warrant. Uh, I'm an American journalist, and they came to take my phone. Uh, the Attorney General of the United States has explicitly forbid this behavior against members of the press uh, for reasons self-evident. You don't raid journalists' homes because you don't like what they're reporting on. And the issue is over Ashley Biden's diary, a document that was given to me by a source. Um, uh, the, 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 the claim is that it was stolen. and That appears now to be not the case. It was apparently left behind, according to reporting from the New York Times, of all places. Um, I did not know that it was stolen or didn't know if it was or if it wasn't. And even if it was, which I didn't think that it was stolen when it was given it to me, I have a First Amendment right to publish or not publish documents that are transmitted to me. That's the First Amendment right enshrined in a Supreme Court case called, called Bartnicki v. Vopper from 2001. It protects all journalists. In fact, um, you know, journalists get sent stolen documents every day that they publish, including national security secrets. So so this happens, and I get raided by the FBI, and they, they put me in handcuffs, throw me against the wall, and proceed to go through my apartment to find any iPhones, which they confiscate. Um, this is a huge blow to, to, to press freedom, and, it, and it's uh, dangerous and scary and intimidating. But the prosecutors argued in court um, that... I'm not a journalist. They said I'm not a journalist. And the reason, the rationale they gave before the judge, which was an argument that failed, by the way, the judge ruled against them, uh, they said I'm not a journalist because I don't get permission from the people I report on, which is an argument so preposterous. It's so absurd (laughs) that that they'd be laughed out of court. The federal judge, uh, a judge that was actually appointed by President Obama in New York, um, ruled against them, ordered the FBI to stop rummaging through my phone and assign what's called a special master. The judge cited journalistic privilege. Now, this is so crazy what they did to me that even the ACLU and the Reporters Committee, groups that are, you know, you know, sort of self-righteous, you know, First Amendment advocates, all came to my defense because even they had to admit how outrageous this was for them to do this to Project Veritas. So they raided my home, they took my phone, 
They still have my phone, even though this judge assigned what's called yeah. a special master to oversee it. Well, you know, James, uh, taken all together with things that we are seeing, I mean, uh, we all remember, or some of us remember at least, the whole Loris, Lois Lerner episode with the IRS. Um uh, other that doesn't involve uh, a free press per se, but it does involve certainly free speech, um, and other episodes that we're we're finding here where the Biden administration is using uh, agencies of government to shut down their opponents or or bully them into silence, and I think this is of a piece of something I'm going to talk to. Uh, Sean Spicer about uh, later on in the show, and that is, you know, as I've said at the beginning of the show, these people are more interested not in just the facts journalism, they're interested in um, just the liberal narrative journalism, and if you don't in any way comply with that... I don't know what liberal means anymore. For the New York Times to be coordinating with the FBI, it doesn't strike me as liberal, perhaps it's illiberal, I mean, this is, a, this is a, a newspaper which is attacking me today on the op-ed page. Just the local, none of you probably read the print edition of the New York Times, but if you pick it up and look at the op-ed section, there's a scathing op-ed attacking me today. It's dangerous precedent for O'Keefe, for judge to rule in O'Keefe's favor. You know what's dangerous? For the FBI to raid my home and take my bones. Because right. they don't like my... What's da- and by the way, within minutes of me being out of handcuffs, in my apartment, handcuffs. they put people in handcuffs. They, the New York Times knew the subject of my search warrant. How did they know that? Right. But not for that to be leaked to them by the FBI slash DOJ. That's dangerous. For, for the paper record to be coordinating with our government instead of investigating our government is dangerous. This is out of control, and I think this is also of a piece, as I've said in a, uh, one of my columns at the American Spectator, the new American fascism. I, th- I think this is what the January 6th committee is all about. You know, who, who cares what the laws and the rules are? They now want to go after a sitting congressman who happens to be my congressman, Scott Perry, and uh, subpoena him, a sitting member of Congress. Never been done before. Um these are people who are just crazed with power, and you and Project Veritas represent a threat to their worldview. And so the only thing response they've got to you is um, to shut you down, try and set, shut you down. To yeah, you. Maybe so, but that's a Rubicon that has never been crossed in American history. Before, right. Really. This is, this is, I mean, forget these other people that were raided by the FBI. I'm an American journalist. Right. Which exists for the public's right to know. And I think this is an example of George Orwell's double think, which is like rights <laughs> apply in one case but don't apply in the other case for no reason other than because we say so. It's 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 not even Orwellian. It's become Kafka esque. It's I don't know what it is. It's, it's beyond anything we can understand. Um, it, they're not doing journalism when they team up with the feds to right. target journalists. It's not it's not a First Amendment issue anymore. It's a, they've become a, an ombudsman, a spokesperson for the feds. That's not how it's supposed to be. That's not what the founders intended. And um, that's why the fight that we're fighting at Project Veritas, we can't lose. I mean that literally and yes. figuratively, because to lose is an American paradox. If we lose on this fight, game over. We're headed towards something that I don't want to think about. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. I, can you, off the top of your head, think of... Uh, how we how we cope with this, how we answer this, how we put a stop to this kind of nonsense? Yes, yes, easy. 
There's 120,000 people working at the working at the Department of Justice. Find me one who's courageous enough to blow the whistle. Just find yeah, me one. Right. Find me one. And they're going to say my pension. They're going to say <laughs> yes. my, my mortgage, my kids. Well, guess what? What type of country are your kids going to grow up in if you don't do anything about this? Let me tell you something. I don't even want to think about that hell. So I hear you about your mortgage and your pension and all these other excuses, but, but Project Veritas has blown the whistle on all these institutions, and these people have lived to see another day because people deserve to know what is happening. We need brave sources. The people like Dan Ellsberg, the New York Times, defended 50 years ago. Well, now it's a new era. Where, where, the, where the New York Times and Washington Post work with and coordinate with the feds. So we need people inside these institutions to come forward, be brave, do something, blow the whistle, send us an email at Project Veritas, uh, send us an email at VeritasTips at ProtonMail.com, come to us and show us what's going on. That's what we need. Not everyone's going to do it, but we don't need everyone to do it. We need one out of 120,000 people to do it. Yeah, that is that is so right. I mean, I'm old enough to vividly recall the tussle over the Pentagon Papers, and uh, I, you know, in, in terms of the Watergate and the Washington Post and and the, and Woodward and Bernstein were just lionized by uh, the media of the day for digging in and getting secrets that they weren't supposed to have and publishing them and bringing down the Nixon presidency. Good Lord, they even made a movie about him. Uh, I'm not so sure, James, that uh, Robert Redford's uh, descendant here, who would that be, Brad Pitt, will be playing you anytime soon. But uh, perhaps they should be, because there is a, a real lesson in all of this. And if it's James O'Keefe today, it's going to be somebody else tomorrow and somebody else the day after that. And that's where this gets to be really dangerous. I mean, the prosecutors were arguing in court. I can quote the document. We don't get permission from the people we report on. <laughs> Non-consensual. What, what, what is journalism is defined as? Journalism is defined as reporting what others don't want published. Everything else is just public relations. If you're just echoing what they tell you, then you're effectively acting as their spokesman for the government, then you're not actually investigating anything. Right. You're just you're just giving them a platform to spout their lies and the things that they know that aren't true but they want you to hear. That's not what journalism is supposed to be. So it, it really requires independent people and that's why this fight, this lawsuit against the New York Times is so is so paramount because yes. they lied about me. They, they got our videos banned on Facebook over what now they're claiming was just an opinion. That's another thing they do. They defend their factual statements as opinion in court. And then tech relies upon those quote-unquote opinions, which they're not, to ban our video. So this, the implications of everything that I'm going through in my life, whether it be the, the defamation lawsuit, the FBI raiding me, for some reason Project Veritas is the one that got away. We're the ones that are fighting these battles on behalf of all of you out there who don't or can't do it because you don't have the resources or the will or the ability. So we, we just ask that you come to us. These whistleblowers come to us, and we will tell your stories. And that's the future, is, is, is brave Americans who step up, stand up, and do something. And you might have to sacrifice something, but you know what? The Founding Fathers sacrificed everything. So you can sacrifice something. Maybe it's your mortgage or your, your pension. If that's what you have to sacrifice to give the truth to people, then I think that's a sacrifice worth making. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But I must say, 
I'm a, I, these bureaucracies are out totally out of control. I mean, when you think of everything that was done to Donald Trump by all these people in the FBI and intelligence agencies and the DOJ when he was a candidate, not not to mention when he was president, uh, the mindset here is power. We're in power. We're the people that know best, and you have to do what we say. You're you know you're part of the deplorable crowd, et cetera. I have to say, it would be more than amusing if Project Veritas showed up on the doorstep of some FBI official and demanded to know why they were conducting this investigation in the style of the old 60 Minutes show. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that would go well <laughs> with these people. Uh, and perhaps they would then understand what the, what the problem is. I mean, there, it's a dehumanization of, of, I mean, they, they, they don't even think I'm human. I mean, go read my Wikipedia page. You think I'm a monster. They're able to manipulate language. They're able to, to butcher the English language and make a, a glass of water seem like a glass of Coca-Cola. Yeah. That's why we, we do cinema verite, because to film the thing is to show the reality. There's only one reality. You can write about it to make it look like it's not a glass of water. But if you film the cup of water, it's clearly water. And it's just uh, people want solutions. They don't want to. They don't want to hear us complain about it. And the, the solution is for us to go out there and expose them, because the one thing these people do fear is being exposed. The CNN pedophile is out there. I think he's going to court tomorrow. By the way, I'm, I, uh, while I'm on the phone with you, news is developing. Apparently, there is a um, a scheduled appearance in Fairfax County Court tomorrow at 11 a.m. for a restraining order against this man. Rick Salibi is his name. He works for CNN. Texts and videos showed him fantasizing about underage girls. So he's going to court tomorrow, and and people should show up. Put put an iPhone in his in his face. Hey, Rick, do you still work for CNN? What's your status as a CNN employee? Because they're not reporting it. So let's report it ourselves. Let's do their jobs for them and show them how it ought to be done, because what else can we do? We have to, we have to educate people ourselves, and that's the American way. Uh, this is not a political battle. This is not political. This is, there's only one truth, and there's only one reality, and we have to expose that and show people. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, James, when we're, we're about to sign off here, uh, the name of your book again. American Muckraker, American Muckraker, please pre-order it on Amazon today. All right, great. And I hope everyone out there will uh, lend a hand to uh, James and Project Veritas and also now call in 800-941-SEAN, 800-941-7326. top defender of freedom, liberty, and American values. This is The Hannity Show. Let's go to our busy phones and let's start with Jimmy in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. How are you, Jimmy? Hey, good, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, uh, I had a question. So uh, is there a law against violating the oath of the Constitution? Because for me, people that get away with the insider trading, you know, I've worked for the government for years, never got rich working for the government, but yet we know what their salaries are. How are these people becoming multimillionaires? And we, the people, I mean, can't hold them accountable. We can't hold them accountable. So, you know, um, is there a law against violating the Constitution? 
Well, you know, Jimmy, you get into the deep water here of what is a violation of the Constitution. And at that point, you get people on a thousand different sides saying this is and that isn't and that kind of thing. That's why this needs to be fairly uh, ironclad. I mean, you, you talk about these people becoming uh, very, very wealthy. I mean, let's talk candidly about Biden Incorporated here, you know, where the brother, the father, the, the brothers, etc., are making a mint. We've got to uh, we've got to improve this stuff vastly. But you've hit the nail on the head, Jimmy. And uh, doing something in this next election is right, Jimmy. We got to run here. Thank you for the question. You are right. <laughs>